Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I know to stay away? Oh, I said, Pandora's box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you It's Pandora's Lunchbox and WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. This is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, food and culture, and waiter, there's culture in my soup. And today it's the Ann Arbor Film Festival. It's food, culture, and so many other things going on right now at the Michigan Theater. The Ann Arbor Film Festival continuing now through Sunday evening. There's a lot to talk about, and I will be expecting a call soon from. Uh, the executive director of the Ann Arbor Film Festival. Uh, But first, we need to hear from something that's splitting the ends of some such other thing. This is Split Ends, in fact, and this is Sugar and Spice. goes like this.
and it's Pandora's Lunchbox. This is a show about food and music and art and film and so many other things. And I have a guest here. This is Kristen McArdle, the Executive Director of the Ann Arbor Film Festival. Hi, Kristen. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Very exciting stuff going on this week. Yes, it was a good time. Yeah. And we are smack dab in the middle of the film festival right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you actually standing on a red carpet by any chance? It's not red. It is carpet. Oh, okay. But I wish it was red. Yeah, we, a nice red carpet uh, exclusive from the film festival. But nonetheless, you're in the center of it right now. I am, yeah. Yes. And there are a lot of things going on right now this week and with the film festival in general. And one thing I'm very interested in is if you have a moment to talk about the federal lawsuit this week filed by the ACLU on behalf of the film festival. Can you talk mm-hmm. about that for a moment? Sure. What are, uh, well, I mean, did you want to know more information or is anything specific? Oh, uh, basically, well, I guess I can start by saying that the film festival has been under fire uh, from some politicians because of some of the alleged problems with the content and such like that. And I think people might be interested to find out what uh, what was the ACLU's basis for filing a, a lawsuit on behalf of the film festival. Yeah, there's, um, well, the issue is, the bottom line issue is that there are three guidelines that uh, Michigan artists must follow in order to receive state funding. Uh, now, Michigan is one of the only states that places content restrictions in order to receive state-subsidized support. So um, what the, the issue that we're taking is that these three guidelines are so vague and worded so strangely that it's very easy for the uh, for legislators to use them against the artists, in which case we believe that that's what just happened here. So. Yeah, some of the guidelines I have here. Uh, the grant will not be used to fund a project or activity that includes a display of a display of human waste on religious symbols, and that happens all the time. You know, <laughs> I hate when that happens. Um, <laughs> a display of a sex act or a, mm-hmm. a or a depiction of flag desecration. Right. So right, and and. Basically, the issue that, I mean, the ACLU came to us and, and saying that these guidelines violate the First Amendment, and there are other states that have had similar guidelines in the past. When taken to the courts, these guidelines were overturned, declaring them unconstitutional. It's just now that people, I think, are, they've been in place for about over 10 years. So I think people are just noticing them now because they were just used against the festival. Um, I mean, you know, unfairly, from our point of view. But um, because of the way they're being worded, it's it's very, very easy for any artist to be vulnerable because of the vagueness of, you know, some are very specific, but some are very, very vague, especially, the, you know, the one about sex acts. So um, that's, that's the bottom line issue right there is those guidelines, and, are, are, you know, everyone has an issue with them. And is this the first film festival since this controversy happened? So last yes. year you were operating with uh, some funds from, from the state of Michigan. Exactly. And this then is the not, first year without. And not too long after that, suddenly there was this big brouhaha in Lansing and Mackinac and other places. Exactly. This, this kind of started before the film festival, the Mackinac essay. That, you know, that was an essay that was stating that there should be no public funding of the arts. That was a, a couple months before the film festival that was published. Um, the, the, the allegations that we were showing pornography, which is, you know, we strongly disagree with, that was released by some legislators the Friday before the festival last year. So this has been going on for exactly a year. So some fellow wrote an opinion piece, basically, from the Mackinac Center, which mm-hmm. is generally a conservative uh, organization, and that was heard by legislators, and they said, oh, well, maybe we should do something about that. Sounds like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Mackinac Center was about the arts, 
but the word pornography was brought in by legislators. Oh, okay. So they added that, that, that little extra special touch. Yes. That, yeah. that word that has no legal definition whatsoever. Right. You had uh, you tried to talk to somebody about what they meant by pornography, didn't you? I believe you... Well, I tried to talk to someone about the guidelines, not pornography. That's, that's a hard... You know, that conversation can go in circles, but displays of sex acts, I, I needed parameters. I've asked many times what that meant and, and if they can give us specifics. I mean, what qualifies? Does a long sex to kiss qualify? And, you know, I just got specific. Does this qualify? Does that qualify? And no one has ever given me an answer, which is, which is exactly why that guideline is too vague. Yeah. Because they said a long kiss could count, and, you know, that's, that's dangerous to have something so vague. So. Yeah. And you're also talking about the Supreme Court has held that some, that well, I have some examples here from the opinion written by the ACLU. Uh, the Supreme Court has held that desecration of the flag is an activity that, while offensive, is a constitutionally protected activity. And the Supreme Court says that sacrilegious speech is protected. And then the display of sex acts, that becomes quite complicated. There are quite a few pages on that. But, of course, the point of all of this is that this is expression and art and creativity. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a chance to talk about something fun that you enjoy now, that you, now that we've had that uh, moment of, <laughs> now that we have that moment of uh, brain twisters going on there. So uh, what's exciting you about the film festival now? Oh, our entire program gets me really excited this year. And, and this year is, I mean, every year the programming is great, but this year especially, like, we really have some heavy hitters coming through and, and flying into Ann Arbor. It's, it's quite an honor for some of the filmmakers that are here right now. Who are some of the people that are coming? Um, you know, Robert Todd is here, and he is a very well-known kind of exper- experimental documentary maker. And um, we we are doing a retrospective, but it's not really retrospective. It's just a, co- a collection of his current work. Um, Toshio Matsumoto was was in here from Japan to show Funeral Parade of Roses, which is cited as being the influence for A Clockwork Orange in the Kubrick film. What, um, about when that did that film come out? The film that influenced A Clockwork Orange? Uh, 69, 19, 1969. And I'm sorry, what was so, the name of that I, film again? Funeral Parade of Roses. We Funeral Parade that of Roses. Night, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we have Bruce McClure coming in here, and what he does is he has these specialized projectors, um, he has about three or four of them, and he sets them up and does this live light show that just blows your mind. It's got light, it's got sound. We brought in a special sound system. So if anyone is into, into getting a really great light show that will just make your mind melt Friday mm-hmm. at 10 o'clock, it's, it's Bruce in town, and he's, he's, he does it every single time. You never hear someone complain that it wasn't good <laughs> enough. It's really fun. So, yeah. so there's film, and there's other kinds of media going on at the film festival. Yeah, we have, I mean, we have over 130 films and competitions. We have, you know, about 75 filmmakers that flew in from all over the world. We have, you know, even from overseas, we have a lot of makers from uh, overseas. And we have, you know, that we've changed the theater where we have installations up everywhere and a lot of local artists are showcasing what they do. Um, Right now I'm standing in the theater and we have uh, artists, uh, dressed like areas of the Michigan theater. They're actually blending into the walls and blending into the carpet and the, the photos. It's really it's really quite something. Wait, I'm trying to visualize this now. Yes. So you're in the Michigan theater. Right. There are artists standing... Oh. A good example. A good example is uh, someone is painted exactly how a certain part of the wall is painted. Oh, wow. And they, they're just standing there frozen against the wall. And it's one of those things where you have to do a double take where you don't really <laughs> notice them right away. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. There's a person right there. So that's really happening yeah. right now. That's it's not really, actually a film. It's actually happening. No, right these now. are these are people dressed up <laughs> as as parts of the building, and they're here everywhere, and it's it's 
everyone's loving it. It's a good time right now. That's awesome. They're coming, they'll be back here tomorrow, too. Oh, good, good. Well, yeah. they'll be in... Uh, do you think they'll stay the whole time? Maybe I'll, I'll see them on Sunday. I don't know if they'll be living there or anything. Let's hope. Like <laughs> <laughs> they might become part of the wall. Wow. Yeah. And the, so, it's fun, you know? We have lots of panels and a really exciting, you know, we have some programming that's addressing this funding issue, actually. We have a, a really um, amazing panel discussion on Saturday. Uh, Chris Gore, founder of Film Threat Magazine, is uh, moderating it, and it's about it's about censorship in the arts, and we have... You know, Eddie Schmidt, who produced this film, is not yet rated. He's coming into town. No, uh, that one, this film is not yet rated. Uh, <laughs> now, let's see if I can remember that one. That is the one where he tried to get in touch with people who actually rate films. He, yeah, oh, no, that was, this was an excellent. He, he nailed them and exposed them. Yeah, it was the MPAA rating system. That's how films get rated PG or rated R. And so, yeah, Eddie produced the movie, and they went out, and they kind of exposed the whole process and how unfair it is. And I mean, which is amazing because after the movie came out and made its run, the MPA for the first time in many, many years made some adjustments to make to their whole system a little more visible and transparent because there were some things going on wrong. So mm-hmm. it's a good example of how you can change things by addressing issues. And he's going to be on the panel. That's and he's uh, going to be on the panel. Yeah, yeah. That's Saturday at one thirty. Mm-hmm. We have um, and there's other participants on the panel that are amazing. Elaine King dealt with the Maplethorpe controversy back oh, in 1990. Wow. She's coming into town, you know. And then uh, yeah, and then we're showing we're showing actually the films that were called pornographic. We're going to put them up on the screen and let everyone judge for themselves what they think. Oh wow! Now so, yeah, it's really interesting. Now one okay. of them was Booby Girl, right? Booby Girl from by Brooke Keesling. And that was an animated film. It was an Oscar. Oh, it, it won an Oscar. It won an Emmy. And it's a five-minute animation about a little girl who wishes for big boobs, and she gets them, and it's a problem because she can't roller skate anymore, and people are looking at her weird, and and then, you know, it's five minutes, and then she, you know, wishes and wishes that she was normal the way she was, and then she wakes up and she was, and she's happy, and that's what they're what's being called porn. Yeah, it's porn, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's really, it makes you think about the people who think that's porn. What what uh, I don't know, I don't know if I want to think. Okay, I'm thinking about what their minds must be like, and I need to stop, actually. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, yeah. It's, it's frustrating. So, Booby Girl was the other one. And then there was uh, one other one, I believe. Was it called Chests? There was Chests. Mm-hmm. Which is two cool. guys with chests bumping into each yeah. other, I think. For about two minutes. Two-minute short film. And it's kind of to show um, the male energy in sports and testosterone. And it's, just, it's, it's quite satirical. It really often makes people laugh. And all it is is two torsos, two bare torsos bumping into each other for two minutes. Like they do in <laughs> football or whatever, you know, oh, yeah. sports Ooh, they get a yeah. goal. Yeah. yeah, It's just that for two minutes. That was named over and over. So, yeah. And so somebody in Lansing decided that these films were pornographic or were sacrilegious or something? It's just kind of strange. I, you know, I can't speak for them. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just wonder if they saw the names on a list and said, oh, okay. Chests and Booby Girl, that must be something. Yeah, I mean, one of the filmmakers that was named is actually came in from San Francisco to talk about it. It was um, a film called America's Biggest Dick, and it's a satire on Dick Cheney, and that <laughs> film was named. So he, he flew here, which was wonderful, from San Francisco, and he'll be here when we show the film to talk about his whole, his thoughts on everything. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's really neat through all this is that there's a lot of fun going on. Just oh, a lot there's of... so much fun. It's yeah. so much fun, yeah. We're having a great time, and, you know, there's there's events, free events during the day, these excellent, excellent screenings at night, and then every night we have an after party, and it's all day, all night. Everyone should really come by as we're having a blast. And so if you want to know about the Ann Arbor Film Festival, you could look up aafilmfest.org. 
Mm-hmm. And you can, or you can walk right down to the Michigan Theater if you're in the area, and you can find out all about that. Exactly. And there's a film that I was interested in that's actually showing tomorrow, a documentary. And I know that I've sometimes looked for films and information about food because it that's kind of the theme of this show. But this mm-hmm. one, this one looked very interesting. It's called Invisible, and that's screening tomorrow night at nine thirty. Yeah, this is um. The Friday 9.30 screening, the entire screening, is honestly one of my absolute favorites of the whole festival. And Invisible is um, an hour-long documentary about the Inuit peoples of uh, Antarctica who live a very healthy lifestyle. And in regards to food, I mean, they, they eat natural food. They eat, the, you know, seals and the, the very raw, organic kind of lifestyle. And it's very obvious that this is as healthy and natural as it gets. But what's happening is that all of our toxins and pollution that is coming from the rest of the world is obviously going into the water and going into the air and all filtering down to Antarctica and and, uh, making the food, their food, poisonous. They're all coming down with diseases right now, and even the breast milk that their babies feed is toxic. So it's really... I mean, it's hard-hitting in, in regards to that, you know, a mother has to breastfeed their child knowing full well that they're making their child sick, which is really hard. But, I mean, it's not just a good story and uh, an interesting story about the environment, but it's one of the most well-shot documentaries I've seen in a long time. It's, it's gorgeous. I, I love it. I haven't seen a documentary this good in a long time. And that runs for about an hour. That's a traditional mm-hmm. hour-long documentary in the, in the sense of length, I guess, it's traditional. But uh, although you say that it does use techniques that, uh, or in the sense of cinematography, that, that makes it's it beautiful. Stunning! It's stunning cinematography, and it's really interesting to see Antarctica that close. And you know, there's cultural aspects as well. For example, there's like throat singing, and you know, there's there's cultural things about Antarctica that we may not be aware of. That you know, you can learn about the 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 area, the region, in this movie as well, as, as well as learn about the story and even how we're impacting it and our role in the whole thing. So it's, it's beautiful. Well, that's just one example of something beautiful at the Ann Arbor Film Festival. Um, and if, everything from two-minute animated shorts to uh, one-hour documentaries to experimental films of all mm-hmm. kinds. We have good narrative work. I mean, you know, parents can feel good about bringing their family to a Saturday. Saturday at 3 o'clock is a good kind of family program. Not It's not made for kids. It's You know, there's some films, but it's... It's good and safe and such a beautiful program as well. I mean, great films. I can't say enough about all the programs. So, And there's going to be one, two shows tonight, mm-hmm. one at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Well, the competition screenings. There's one at 7 and one at 9.30. Um, this is a, this is a, tonight's a good night if you want to kind of see the really well-established filmmakers that we showcase. Tonight is a night of very high-caliber, very established artistic filmmakers. And then, of course, in the screening room, where we have more curated programs tonight, it's Out Night, where we show gay, lesbian programming. Oh. so actually, That's always really fun. Really so fun. There's all kinds of stuff going on. It's yeah. A, it is a festival. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Every day and every night. So you have, uh, so, I'm just reading some of the titles here, uh, Emma Emaki 2. Mm-hmm. Intrigued by the title. There. That's a beautiful animation from Japan. And that's, that's showing as part of the 7 p.m. slate of films. That's right. New York City Weights and Measures is showing uh, at during the 9.30 slate of films. That's an interesting title, too. Right. That's a, that shows you some really kind of uh, beautiful views of uh, New York City. Hmm. Of the city, yeah. I like that one a lot. I like to watch that one. Well, there's so much more we could talk about, but I should probably let you get back to the excitement of the Film Fest. 
Um, and the Ann Arbor Film Festival is at aafilmfest.org. And I've been talking to Kristen McArdle. Thank you so much, Kristen, for taking the time to Thank talk you. to me. Yeah, I hope you can make it down. Yeah. And uh, it's at the Michigan Theater, and it continues through Sunday. The winner's night is Sunday, correct? Correct, yeah. Sunday night, we uh, the judges decide on the award-winning films, and we show them at 5, 7, and 9 in the main theater on Sunday. But we also have some docu- some great documentaries, if, if anyone likes documentaries, in the screening room on Sunday night. These are new screenings. Wow. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Krista. And uh, Kristen, good luck with everything. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will be in touch soon talking on this show, I'm sure, because there's so much more to learn about the film festival. Exactly. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. And we're going to take just a moment to hear something that reminds me of some of the stuff we've been talking about. We've been talking about the film festival and the controversy over such films as Booby Girl, which is a five-minute, charming little five-minute animation, which is really enjoyable. And I think that we can award a... uh, Actually, the show Gray Matters and WCBN awards brain damage awards. I think for this, we can award a Booby Prize to the folks who gave us such a hard time about these films at the Ann Arbor Film Festival. I think Elvis Costello has something he might want to say about that. This is a song called Pretty Words.
Oh, but we do know what we've got. We've got the Ann Arbor Film Festival, and we've got some really cool listeners. And thank you so much for listening to Pandora and for listening to Kristen McArdle. And the film festival continues until Sunday evening. You can look it up, look it up at aafilmfest.org. And just to wrap things up on Pandora's Lunchbox, here's something that pretty much is apropos of nothing, but it's food. That was Elvis Costello. Did I say that? Pretty words? Okay. Uh, celebrity chef, chef, <laughs> celebrity chef, chef Wolfgang Puck. He's his name is Sh- celebrity chef <laughs> has been hitting the sherry. Celebrity chef Wolfgang Puck is cooking up kinder, kinder, gentler menus. This is from the Associated Press. As part of a new initiative to fight animal cruelty, Puck will no longer serve foie gras, the fatty liver produced by overfeeding ducks and geese. His fourteen restaurants fine dining restaurants, more than 80 fast casual eateries. This is just a meal in itself. Let's go to, let's go fast casual tonight, honey. And 43 catering venues will use only eggs from hens that have lived cage-free, veal from roaming calves, ones that they find on the street now, ones that uh, I guess are free-range, and lobsters that have been removed from their ocean traps quickly to avoid crowded holding tanks. Wolfgang Puck, that is Chef, Chef Wolfgang Puck, says guests at his restaurants want to know their food is made with fresh, organic ingredients, that the animals were treated well. We want a better standard for living creatures. It's as simple as that, says Wolfgang Puck. This came after three years of protests by Farm Sanctuary, an animal rights group that launched WolfgangPuckCruelty.org, relabeled Wolfgang Puck Victory as of today, and organized a leaflet campaign outside Puck's restaurants. Puck worked with the Humane Society of the United States on the new initiative. He said he wasn't responding to pressure from animal welfare advocates, but instead believes the best-tasting food comes from animals that have been treated humanely. And chicken and turkey meat served at Puck's restaurants will come from farms that are compliant with progressive animal welfare standards, and menus will feature more vegetarian selections, and the venues will also only serve certified sustainable seafood. So things seem to be changing when the celebrity world gloms onto this, that's that's an encouraging thing, especially when they have fast, casual eateries. Well, hope you've enjoyed the fast, casual nature of this show, whatever that means. I've been Mike for a half an hour. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. Thank you very much, Alex, for engineering my conversation with Krista McArdle of the Ann Arbor Film Festival. Film Festival is at aafilmfest.org. In real life, it's at the Michigan Theater. And in real life, if you go to the Michigan Theater, you can see what look like shapeshifters at the moment who are blending in with the wall, and it's all very strange. But, yes, the Film Fest is aafilmfest.org. There is a series of films tonight at 7, starting in a few minutes, and then there's another series of films at 9.30. And we talked also about that documentary that's showing tomorrow evening, among the many other fine films. I've been Mike. Thank you so much. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And we're going to go into the next radio show, which is Arbel's Faves the Music, with another radio show, which is this. And this is a radio show. It's radio. This is. Well, sir, you know, I've never known a man quite like tonight's guest. He, he can't make up his mind whether he'd rather fish or sing, but I, I can guarantee you he does both about as well as they can be done. And I mean the good old love, sick blues boy, Hank Williams. Yes, sir. Hank, we, we're expecting big things. We, right now, we'd like to hear you sing, buddy. All right, I got one here that I wrote here a while back. I'd like to sing called "Good Looking." If you got anything cooking, how about <laughs> cooking it up with me? Yeah, I do. Say hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking something? 
is always sort of a cosmic cry of agony in his every outburst. Well, maybe not. It's a minute past seven. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, uh, Radio Free Ann Arbor, with the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement. We'd like to open tonight, and we will be continuing to serenade the Ann Arbor Film Festival and everything that it's about, which is literally everything. Freeform at eight with Jen, I believe. We'd like to begin with something from the Tornadoes. You may have heard of the Tornadoes, and you may associate them with a record from 1962 called Telstar. This is not Telstar, but it is the Tornadoes. It's your national anthem. (laughs) 